Today's daf is Ksubis daf Pei, and we are five lines from the bottom of daf Ayin Tesam at Beis, the Mishnah. So the Gemara is continuing to discuss the halachis that are the topic of Perik Ishish and Naflu, and those are the halachis of Nechsim Melug. So again, Nechsim Melug are Nechasim, possessions, assets, whether it's money, whether it's land, whether it's payroll, tuition, irregardless of what those nechassim are that a woman brings into her marriage, to the extent that it wasn't included in the ksuba, it has the halachic status of nechassim malug. The halach of nechassim malug is that the woman herself maintains ownership of those nechassim throughout the time that she's married, she certainly gets those nechassim back after she's either divorced or becomes almana. However, during the time that she's married, her husband has certain schusim in those nechassim. The schusim that the husband has in those nechassim are midirabonon, midiraisa. He doesn't really have anything. It's only midirabonon that he has those nechassim, as the Gemara discussed on Daf Memzayin Amit Beis earlier in the Mesechta, so that she owns the Karen, and the Baal is Eichel Peres. So Perik Ishish Naflu discusses a lot of the halachis of Peres Nechsi Milug. We talked a little bit at the end of the daf yesterday about some of the lumnus. We'll get back to, into some of the lumnus again later during the course of the daf. But either way, another daf that discusses some of the details, some of the sifkatans of this general basic halacha of Nechsi Milug. Says the Mishnah, So a woman gets married, she brings Nechsi Milug into her marriage. So let's say she brings a field. The husband's entitled to the payros, and as a result, he has a vested interest to work the field a little bit. So he invests money into the field. If he invested a lot of money, and he only ate a little bit of the payros, or... Kimma, he invested a little bit for Akal Harbe and he ate a lot. And then afterwards, he divorced his wife. And now he goes to the courts and he says, I just invested $20,000 into my wife's field. I ate $500 worth of fruit. I want the difference back. I put all this money into it under the assumption that I was going to be married to her, that I was going to be able to eat these pears. I made this huge investment. It was all a diet to the hockey that we would be married. But to the extent we're not married, I want it back. Says the Mishnah, what's the aloha? Masha hoitzi hoitzi, or masha achalacha. Whatever he invested, he invested, and whatever he ate, he ate, meaning he can't get anything back. And any profit that the the woman may have as a result of all this money that he put into the field, that is going to be her advantage. She has no way of getting it back. However... Let's say he would invest money into the field, no matter how much money, a lot, a little. He didn't eat anything. He didn't even eat the kimot that's mentioned in the ratio. So then the loch is already different. Then we don't say, rather, then he has a right to get his money back. However, he can't just take it back. The mission says, yes, the swear, how much he invested, and then he could take it back. So the difference whether or not he can get the money that he invested, that he put into this field or whatever other nechassim it may have been back, depends on whether he was achal kimo. Once he eats a little bit of fruit, he eats a little something, then the halach is he loses everything. If he didn't eat anything, then he can get his money back, albeit with a shvur. Yeshama kava, hoitzevito. The Rishonim have a discussion of it. What's the difference? Why does it matter if you ate a little bit, you didn't eat a little bit? So there's different approaches in the Rishonim. Ayin shav. Says the Gemara, v'kamo kimo, how much is a little? So you eat a little bit, then already you lose all the hoitzevites. What is a little? What's the definition? I'm going However, one caveat, it's only if you sat down with a fork and a knife at a, at a, at a dinner table, you ate it derech kavit. However, if you would eat it not derech kavit, the Rishonim say like you'd be 
standing outside, chomping on a gregris, that would not be considered it'd be as if you didn't eat anything, and if you didn't eat anything, then you don't lose Masha Hitzi, rather no, even if you ate a little bit of a fig cake, Rashi's very bothered, what's the afilu? Afilu would imply that it's even less, not only if you ate a gregris, afilu, even if you ate less than a gregris, Rashi says a shigra the tamri is more than a gregris, look at the type Rashi, boy rabibi, we have a lot of marmakoimus in today's daf, boy rabibi, chufzit the tamri mai, what if you ate a fig cake, but it wasn't good figs, but rather it was the figs that were already pressed, that you made beer from, for example, so now you have this leftover beaten up, figs on the bottom of the barrel, and you took that, you made a little cake out of it. So that's less chashuv than the shigru, the tamri, and it's less chashuv than the gregras achas. What would the be then? Would that be considered achal kima? Take all the words, not sure. So we said, it's only if you ate derech kavit, but if you didn't eat derech kavit, then you don't have this aloch of gregras achas. But the Gemara assumes there is some point where even if you ate it, not derech kavit, it would be considered an achilo, so that you would lose mashahitzi. What is that cheer? So the Gemara says, that argued, that debated this point. Chadamar once said, if you ate an Isser's worth, Chadamar once said, a dinar, a dinar's worth. A dinar is much more than an Isser. There are 24 Issers to the dinar. So a very dis- wide um, gap in terms of what the shear is, but either way, there is a shear even if you ate it not derech kavit. Either it's iser or it's a lot more than that. It's pikidim. Amri tayonid b'pompadisa. The tayonid the pompadisa said, "Over Rabbi Yehuda, uvda bechavilis moiros." There, Rabbi Yehuda once paskined even a bigger chiddush. He paskined a chiddush that there was once a husband that invested money in his wife's field, and then he took one of the vines, like a branch. He didn't take an actual fruit. He fed it to his animal, and for that, he lost everything that he was saved. He divorced his wife afterwards. He came to the courts. He said, "I want all my." Money back said, Did you have any? I know he said, Never ate anything, but then they found out that he once gave a branch to his animal. That's considered Masha Ochal Ochal. The Gemara says, Very Gishmak, Rabbi Yehuda Litame, it's Rabbi Yehuda Lishitas, I'm Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi said, Ochlos, Orlo, Shviz, Vikalayim, Harizah Chazaka, regarding the halach of Cheskes Abatim. So, what's the halach of Cheskes Abatim? That if somebody's been living on a field for more than three years and he has no star to prove that it's his field, we assume that it's his because he has a Chazaka that a person wouldn't allow somebody else to live in his field for three years or more without protesting. I mean, that nobody ever protested, nobody ever knocked on his door saying, Get out of my house. Obviously, everybody was, there was nobody who thought that he had a claim to this house. So it's a riot that it's his, and even though he doesn't have the star, everything is going to be wondrous. What if one of those three years was an early year, Shvius year, or uh, the food that, that he was eating was, it was a Kalayim field. So do you, can you establish a Chazaka based on a Shnas Erla or a Shnas Shvius? On the one hand, he was living the field, he was working the field, he was acting as if he owned it, but then again, he can't eat it. So if Yehuda says, there is a chazaka, it is a chazaka, because although you can't eat Arla, for example, but you could take the chavile's moiris of Arla, and maybe feed it to your animal. And that in itself would be considered an achila with regards to the halacha of cheskas gimel shonim. So it says the Gemara, it's Rabbi Yehuda Lishitasa, just like Rabbi Yehuda holds, that feeding chavilei's moiris to your animal is considered achila with regards to the halacha of cheskas gimel shonim. The same Rabbi Yehuda holds that if a husband would take chavilei's moiris of his wife's field and he would feed it to his animal, it would be considered an achila with regards to the halacha of achal kimo, so that masha hoitzi hoitzi, what if somebody's married to a Ketana? Kedusha Ketana de Rabbanon. Not Ketana de Raisa with a father married her off, but only mid the Rabbanon, where either her brother or her mother married her off. So there the halach is, Kemoitzi 
al nichsei the halach of this Mishnah doesn't apply. So that if the husband is married to a ketana, midirabon, and he invests money in her field, afterwards he gives her a get, so the Mishnah has a very specific shulchan aruch of how exactly we go about it. If he ate a little bit, masha hoitzi masha achalach, if he didn't eat anything, then he swears. But when it comes to kedusha ketana midirabonon, then this the halacha doesn't apply. How do we treat it? We treat it as if a stranger would walk into a, a, somebody else's field, he would do work in that person's field, could he knock on his door afterwards and ask for his money back? So we're going to see later what Dalach is. Dalach is, He gets the lesser of the amount of money that he put in, or the benefit that came about as a result of the work that he did. But either way, this halacha of our Mishnah would not apply to Kedusha Ketanah the which is a Chiddush, because Kedusha Ketanah the Rabbanon was instituted Ke'en Kedusha the Iraisa. And if by Kedusha the Iraisa you have this halacha of Masha Hoitzi Hoitzi or Masha Ochalacha, or if you didn't eat at all, Yishava, then how come you don't have the halacha over here? My time of the Rabbanon, Takanta Kihechi, my time of the Rabbanon, Takanta Kehetle, Nifsedina. The Rabbanon were afraid that a man, in the event that he knows he can lose all the money he puts into his wife's property, may never put money into it. Now, usually a man's not worried. Why? Because he's the one that calls the shots. If he decides to terminate his marriage, it's his decision. She can't decide to terminate his marriage. He's the one that gets to decide to terminate the marriage. So to the extent that he thinks he's going to be married, he'll invest. If he's not sure, then maybe he'll invest a little bit less. But he at least is in the driver's seat. By Kedushik Tanid Rabbanon, she is the one that can make the decision as well. Just like he could give her a get, she could always do miyun. And by her doing miyun, she could leave the marriage. So he's putting all this money into his marriage, and the next thing he knows, his wife's conspiring to do Mion and then she's going to leave so you don't want him thinking in back of his mind that maybe I shouldn't put money into the field which ultimately will make her lose out so to somehow make sense of the situation the Chachamim said it's better to just treat him like a regular and not include the Allah of this Mishnah he it tells a story there was a woman a married woman who had a Yerusha of 400 Zuz the money however was in Bechazot Azalgavras, her husband, went and Apik Shismeya, he invested six hundred dollars. I'm not sure if this made sense from a financial standpoint, but Apik Shismeya invested six hundred dollars and I saw Badadi put $600 in, and he took the $400 back. Maybe it was an heirloom and had some sort of cheshivas to the family. I'm not sure. The Hadid Ka'asi, as he was coming back, he needed one extra zuz for travel expenses. For Shagamina, he took one of the 400s. He invested 600 zuz to get the 400 zuz. So now he has 400 zuz, he's taking it home with him, and he needs to, he pulls over, he needs gas. I don't know. So he takes, he needs a zuz. So he's out of money. So he takes one of his wife's zuz, which is going to get him into trouble, and he buys whatever he needs with it. Also the Kamid Ravami, and then afterwards he divorced his wife. Also the Kamid Ravami, then he came to Ravami, oh my lace, Ravami said, Masha Hoitzi, Hoitzi, Masha Ochalacha, why did he want for her? I wanted his $600 back. Ravami said, I'm sorry, that one dollar, that one Diet Coke that you picked up on your way home, you lost everything. So, uh, why? Because that's the Mishnah. You ate a little bit. But I'm really Rabbanu Ravami, the Rabbanu told Ravami, no, you're making a mistake. Because Hani Mili, what's the Allah of the Mishnah? If you eat even a kima, then the halacha is masha achal achal masha But over here, he didn't eat peris. What did he eat? He ate one of the. He took one of the four hundred zuz. The four hundred zuz wasn't peris. The four hundred zuz was 
Karen, Hanimil Hechad Ka'achal Peira, Ha'kainu Ka'achal, Vaitzai, Amalei, you're right, good point, you ate Karen, Imkain, Habalei, Ha'itza, Ha'itzi V'loyachal, it's not considered an Achal, what's the Alacha by Ha'itzi V'loyachal, Yishama Ka'ba Ha'itzi, V'yitel, the Alacha is, you swear, it's not the Reish of the Mishnah, but rather it's the Sefer of the Mishnah. Again, the Mishnah said, in the event that you were Lo'yachal, Kim, or you ate nothing, Yishama Ka'ma Ha'itzi V'yitel, you swear how much you were Ha'itzi, and then you can take it. Um, Ravasi, Ravasi said, that the halacha of the Mishnah is that it's only if the shvach, meaning the what grew as a result of the money that you put into the field, is parallel to the amount of money that you put in. So if you put a thousand dollars into the field, a thousand dollars worth of fruit grew as a result of that. Otherwise, the halacha of the Mishnah wouldn't apply. So Ravasi's statement was a little bit ambiguous. The Gemara clarifies. So my hilchah. So what Ravasi mean exactly? So machloik is Abaya Verova. But Amr Abaya, Abaya said Shem Shvach Ravasi meant to say was is that let's say you invested the husband invested a thousand dollars and five thousand dollars worth of payroll screw, then Then he wouldn't have to swear. Meaning the only time the halacha is that if it was loy ochal kimo yishava kamohitz viyitos. On the one end, it's a kula. You can get it. Back his oitzos in contrast to the rage of the Mishnah, where masha hoitzi hoitzi. Here you can take it back. However, there's a chumra also in the sefer. What's the chumra? You shove a kamohitz of yito. You have to swear. So Abayi said that's what Avasi was saying. That the only time you have to swear is if the shvach is keneged the hoitzah. You don't have more shvach than hoitzah. But let's say you had more shvach than hoitzah. What grew exceeds the amount that you actually put in. So then you can take. Masha Hoitzi, even without the Shvur. The Yishava word wouldn't apply. It would, the halacha would be, you could take Masha Hoitzi, but not Yishava, you wouldn't have to swear. But I'm only Rava, Rava told Abai, that doesn't make sense. Because then everyone's always going to do that. Because let's say you come to court and you tell Bezdin, I put money into my wife's field, I want to take my money back. How much did you put in? So you're going to look at, so you have two options. Let's say you put in $10,000 and what grew was really $9,000. So you could say $10,000. You're going to have to swear, however. Or, it might be a little wiser is to say, I put in $8,900, it's less than the shvach, then I can take it without swearing. So Rava felt that people are going to get out of their shvua, always bid a dollar less than whatever the shvach was, so that you should be able to get out of it, it's going to lead lidei harama. That was Rava's time. Elamah, Rava, Rava says, probably not what Ravasi meant. So what Ravasi mean when he said, the Allah of the Mishra, Yishavah Kamah, is that let's say your was greater than the shvach, then you can never get anything without a shvach. You always need to swear. The question, however, is that it could you get everything only up until the shvach. If the hitzah exceeds the shvach, even if you swear, you're still not going to get it. What if the husband did work on the field, but he had people, he had workers, he had sharecroppers, he had people working for him. So ordinarily, if you have a sharecropper working your field, he gets a percentage of whatever grows from the field. Now the husband was behind this whole thing. He's the general contractor. He put this uh, initiative together. And they worked the field. He was achal kima, and then he gave his wife a get. So what happens if you achal kima? You give a wife a get. Masha hoitzi hoitzi, who masha achal achal. You lose all the money that you invested, all the money that you put into it. Now he has to pay these arisen. However, these arisen were entitled to get a, a percentage of this field as well. Do the arisen also lose out over here, or maybe the halacha masha hoitzi hoitzi is only with regards to the husband? So his chelik, whatever it was that he invested, he's going to lose out. But the arisen, maybe they're a separate cheshbon. Arisen did the work. What's the halacha? Do you say that they're 
working. Who hired them? The husband hired them. So the husband loses any claim that he has to this field. So they lose that as well. It's true that the husband hired them, but they are working the field. And this, you have to understand exactly what the Tut Sodom of the Shail is, but part of what the Gemara means to say is, is that every field needs an Aris. And at the end of the day, if this what man wouldn't have hired that reason to do the work. She, the wife, probably would have hired somebody else to do the work anyways. So they're coming in. They're the ones doing the work. So although the husband hired them, but they're doing something that the field needs, so maybe she should be obligated to reimburse them for the work that they did to the field. So says the Gemara, Maskeflo Rava Barav So Rava Barav asked Akasha on the Ibailu. He didn't understand the Gemara Shiloh. Maishnamayyar, Why is it different than somebody that goes into his friend's field? Shaloi Bishos, without permission, with Allah is Shaman Loi, Viyodoi. So again, he puts money into his friend's field, and he comes to me and he says, you know, I, you know, I invested $1,000 in your field, you were away for the summer, and I just looked like your field needed a little bit of work, so out of the goodness of my heart, I decided to invest, but I really would like my money back. So apparently it wasn't out of the goodness of his heart. So now he wants his money back. So what's the halacha? We take a look at how much money he put in, and how much grew. He gets the lesser of. So either he gets the amount of money that he invested, or what grew, depending on which one is less. But there is a, a shulchan aruch, of a yoyred l'seich sadeh haberish l'beshos. So the Gemara says, why should the Aris be worse than that? The Arisin were hired by the husband to go work the wife's field. They put work into it. They put time, they put money, they put effort into it. The husband was ach al-kima, he got nailed, that one gregress he ate, put him away. So he's out of the picture. But why the Aris? The Aris doesn't have the halacha of masha hoitzi hoitzi, masha och halachal. So it's true the husband hired them, but at the end of the day, they're a yoyred l'seich sadeh haberish l'beshos. So maskif l'rova, maskif is always like, he was worked up. He had a big problem with the Ibayulu of the Gemara. They didn't even understand the Tzad. Why in the world? How could you not treat them? Treat them like a Yorid So the Gemara says a very nice chilek. The Gemara says, Hos, I'm a regular Yorid like in the Tarach. The halach of Yorid is, is where somebody goes into this friend's field where this person is going to have to hire, you're going to have to hire a gardener. You have no choice. It's just you have a field, you have to work the field. You have to do some basic uh, landscaping. You don't have a choice. So either you're going to hire somebody or your neighbor's going to come and do it for you. So if your neighbor does it for you, you can always come and he can say, listen, I, I did the work for you. You're going to have to hire somebody anyways. So pay me for it. That's true, but you have to pay me for it. But over here, she could always say, I wasn't going to hire anybody. Really? Who was going to do the work for you? My husband. I'm married. Isn't that my husband's job? This was something that he was going to do. There's no one that's going to do it for free. You're going to have to pay somebody. Okay, so I did it, pay me. That's why that's the halacha. But halacha over here, ikabal the Torah. Over here, there's a husband. I'm married. I assume my husband was going to do it for me. There's no reason for me to pay you. Now, had my husband done it, I wouldn't have to give him anything. Because masha hoitzi hoitzi, u masha halacha. So now that the Oris did it, I shouldn't have to give you anything either. Very gishmaki gemara. My havia loss. What's the bottom line? This is what we do. If the husband is one of those men that knows how to change a light bulb, right? If he is, uh, <laughs> if the Baal's an Aris, Istalik Le Baal, Istalik then it's true, then the husband would have done it, and therefore you're not a regular Yerle Teichsot Haver so he's out. However, if the husband is not an artist, that means the husband wasn't going to do it. And ultimately, they were going to have to hire somebody. So if they were going to have to hire somebody, so therefore, you do have the halacha of a yoyret. Another A husband that sells 
the nechsimelog leperes. Husband has a schus peres in nechsimelog. So what if he sells the schus peres that he has in the nechsimelog? What's the halacha? Me amrina, do we say maidekoniakni? He has a kinyan in the peres nechsimelog, so he could sell it. If you own something, you could sell it. Assets are transferable, so there's no reason for him not to be able to sell it. Or maybe this is an exception. Maybe this is not transferable. Why? Because Why would the rabbanim masakin that the husband should get peris? Mishum revach beisa. Rashi says you have to see this Rashi inside. Mishum revach beisa. Top line. She yachnes ha peris lebeisoi v'yehi mazayin habayis matzui v'yetiv lo. There's a shalom bias component that underpins the halach of Paris Nechsimolog. So to the extent that the fruit's going to be in the house, there's going to be food, she's going to have some type of from it, that she's helping provide food into the house, that somehow plays a role in the takana of Paris Nechsimolog. It's Mishum Revach Beisa. But to make money and to sell it live, maybe there the halacha wouldn't be that way. Says the Gemara, what's the halacha? So can the husband sell his chus Paris Nechsimolog or can he not? Yehuda Mar Bar Mere Mamishmeder of Amar Mashasasi, he can. Rapapi Omamishmeder of Loyasa Voloko, Machlikis Amiram, Amra Papa, as Rapapa said, Hod Yehuda Mar Bar Mere Mar, this that Yehuda Mar Bar Mere Mar said, in the name of Rava, that the husband has a right to sell the Paris Nachsamalog, meaning it wasn't just given to him, Mishum Revach Besa, but he has a right to sell it. Labafer, he never heard it Mefurish from Rava, Ela Mechlala Idmar. He saw a Maise Shahaya with Rava, and based on that, he inferred that this would be the halacha. <laughs> However, Rapapa is suggesting that he made a mistake. And he more explains. There was a woman who got married, and she brought Nechsimalug into her marriage. And what was the Nechsimalug? Two maidservants. She brought slaves. Again, this is before Lincoln freed the slaves. So there were real live slaves. So she brought two slaves into her marriage. Now this man, this is also pre chaim the Rabbeinu Gershom, very different times, marries another wife. And he has to give his wife a gift. So what is that? I have a perfect gift for you. He takes one of the slaves that the other wife, this is not going to go over well, one of the, one of the slaves that the, other, that the first wife brought in, he gives it over to the second wife. So the Gemara says, naturally, as you would expect, she came to Rava Tzofcha. She was yelling. She wasn't taking this lightly. Rava didn't pay attention to her. Rava waited till she was finished. And that was that. So the Gemara says, so Yehuda Mar Bar Merema oversees what went on over here. So he said, Mishum Desova, Masha Asa Asa. He assumed, you know why Rava didn't have an issue with what he did? Because the husband owns the Peiros Nechsimolog. This Shifcha is the Nechsimolog. Any work that she does in the house is the Peiros of the Nechsimolog. He owns it, so he could sell it. He could transfer it. Just like he could sell it, he could give it to his other wife. So he could do whatever he wants with it. So he assumed for the fact that Rabbi had no issue with what this husband did is a raya that the halacha of Peiros Nechsimolog is not limited to where there's Revach Pesah, but rather he's an owner. He's a bailim. And he, just like any owner of anything can sell what it is he owns, there's no reason this husband can't do it either. But the Gemara says, Valoi, Rapapa said, he made a toys with the Barman Reimer. Why? Here you do have Revach Pesa. This is not like selling it to a stranger where now uh, the field is going to be in somebody else. Well, you can't. It, this is not an ordinary sale because over here they all live in the same house. I mean that they all live in the same house. The bottom line is the Shivcha, whether she's working for wife A or working for wife B, it's the same set of dishes. So the bottom line is she's going to be working essentially for everybody. Everybody's going to benefit from it.
They used to live in different tents. They used to sleep in different tents, right. But I guess there was some common area where uh, <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> What's the halacha? Balshamachar karkalapeiros loy asav loyklo. Husband that sells karkalapeiros loy asav loyklo. My time or why not? So we just said mishum revach beso. That's what Rav is going to say. But Abai had a different reason. Abai yomer chayshin and shema tachsef. Abai had a different shot. Not because of revach beso, but it's it's even more practical than that. He's concerned that. If you're going to sell the field, maybe that person that buys the field is not going to be careful to take care of the field in the same way that the husband's taking care of the field. And being that, although he has a Kenyan in the field, he only owns the payrolls, but he doesn't own the actual Karen. Who owns the Karen? She owns the Karen. We want to make sure that the Karen's going to be taken care of. Why is this buyer going to not be so careful with the field? Because he knows that he's buying it for a limited amount of time. He's only going to own it as long as the person he bought it from is married to his wife. But if he gives her a get, or if he dies, then she's going to be she's going to have a right now to go to the person that bought the field and take it away. So being that in his mind, it's like you're leasing a car versus buying a car. You lease a car, you don't take the same care of it because you know you're only having it for a short period of time. So this Lekech, in his mind, is leasing this field. He's not going to be, uh, he's not going to give it oil changes every 3,000 miles. That's the point. He's not going to be so careful with it. The husband, however, he will be more careful. He owns it and it's for that reason we look at it a little bit differently. Rav Amarav says the Svar that the Gemara said earlier, you can't sell it like we just said because the part of the Takana of Paris was was to enhance the, 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 the house and therefore if you sell it, you don't have that Svar and therefore the Lachs might be now. Is there an Nafkamina between Abayah's Pshat and Rava's Pshat, it could be now the says, yeah, there are three Nafkaminas. Number one, Aradim Mas, if the field was close to the city where this husband and wife lived, to the extent that it's closed, even though you're selling it to somebody else, we're not concerned that maybe the field will be forsaken because the wife or the husband will always check up on it. It won't be such a big deal. If the field was in another country and you're selling it to somebody else and now his people are working the field, not your people anymore, then we're worried about Shema Tachsef. They were not worried about Shema Tachsef. However, the Svar of Revach Beisah, that Svar you still have. Inami Balorisu. What if the husband himself is the worker on the field? So I'm selling you the field, but part of it is we're signing uh, an employment agreement that I'm going to work on the field. Okay, so being that the husband's working on the field, again, you're not concerned, Shamatachsef, because of the Svar of Revach so that you do have. Inami or Zuzi Iska. If the husband got money for the field, obviously, he sold it for money, and he takes that money and he invests it in a way that there will be Revach so The benefits of whatever he does with that money will go to the house. If the reason you can't sell the Revach you're not losing out Revach because it's true, you're giving away the Paris Nachs and but in exchange for that, you have money that's going to ultimately translate into Revach But if the Svarah Shema Tachsef, you don't have the field, you don't have the field, so you have a Svarah of Shema Tachsef. So not to get too sidetracked, but this last Gemara that we just learned is another important Gemara that's very insightful into some of the lumbus of Nechzimalog. Again, Nechzimalog is a situation where she owns the Karen, she owns the underlying asset, and he's only Eichel Paris. So yesterday we talked out some of the lumbus of the halachas of Nechzimalog based on the tremendous Chiddush that Rav Yanai said, which was, that if somebody steals the child of Behemoth Malog, which is Paris Naxamalog. So if somebody steals Paris Naxamalog, you pay Kefal, who do you give the Kefal to? You give it to the Isha. And the Gemara said that although the husband technically owns the Paris Naxamalog, still the Kefal goes to Isha, Pera Takino Larabanon, but Pera de Pera Loy Takino Larabanon. And the obvious question is, at the end of the day, I own the Pri, and the Kefal is supposed to go to the owner of the underlying 
pre, the underlying asset. So if the husband owns the Paris Nachsmalik, how could it be that the Kefal doesn't go to the husband? So we mentioned yesterday that you see from there that the husband doesn't have a complete ownership. He doesn't have a full bylaws in the Paris Nachsmalik. We spoke at the Lashon Harivash that the Shita Mekubetz's quotes, he has a schos achila, that's all he has. He has ownership in it as far as being able to eat it goes. But more than that, not. So we saw some of the lumbers of Paris Nachsamug yesterday. This Gemara, the Achreinim also point out, is very insightful. Number one, the whole side of the Gemara was Baal Shem Machar Karka Paris. That was the Lashon Gemara. The husband sold the Karka Paris. What would that Lashon imply? That the husband doesn't just have a Kenyan Paris, he has a Kenyan in the Karka for the Paris. We spoke yesterday, the Arsameach. The Arsameach says that the Kenyan Paris that the husband has in the Paris Nachsamalug is not a regular Kenyan Paris. He doesn't have a Kenyan in the Karka with Paris. He just has a Kenyan in the Paris themselves. And although the Paris are Loi Baloilam, maybe it's possible to have a Kenyan in the Loi Baloilam, but the Arsameach said that the husband does not have a Kenyan in the Karka with Paris. This Gemara would seem clearly not that way. Balsham Machar Karka with Paris The Territz is, as we mentioned yesterday, that even the Arsameach's Chiddush, that the husband doesn't have a Kenyan in the Karka, it was only before the Takonas Usha, but after the Takonas Usha, then already the Takonas Usha that was mentioned in the first half, Tafayin Chesim Beis, and earlier in the Masechta, and Daftun Amanalf, we won't get back into it, then maybe it changed. As we mentioned yesterday, it could be there was a before and after with regards to the Takonas Usha. The other talking point here with regards to the Lomdes of the Sugya is the Gemara said that maybe the only reason they gave the husband Peris Nechsamalog was Mishum Revach Beisa. Again, that would seem to support the Shita Mekubet says, B'Shem Arivash, that the husband doesn't have a full bias in these Nechasim. All he has is a with regards to Revach Pesa. In fact, Rivash himself brings a Raya, his Makar, to his Halacha, is this Gemara right here, that you see it's, it's limited. It's only Mishum Revach Pesa, but the Lomdim say it's not Muchach. The Lomdim say, who said that Mishum Revach Pesa is Mitzamtzim, the Bailus of the husband? Maybe it's just a separate Akonas Chacham, and really he owns it with regards to everything. However, the Chachamim said that we're going to treat you as if you only own it Mishum Revach Pesa, meaning it's not Magdir, the Bailus in the payroids that the husband has. Really, he has a complete bias, not just with regards to schosachilo. The Gemara just says, it means that we'll treat him as if it was Mishum Revach Pesa. Either way, just a few seconds worth of lambdas, we go weiter. Says the Mishnah. The first Mishnah in the Perek discussed the halacha of a isha shenaflu l'anachasim. So a woman has nachsim alog, and now she wants to sell her nachsim alog. So we had a rather convoluted Mishnah of all the different variables and different shittas hatanoim in the Mishnah of whether she can sell it, whether she can't sell it, if she sells it, did it work or did it not work, and it depends on whether she yarshined these nachsim alog before Erison or after Erison, and if she yashened it after Erison, did she sell it before Nesuin, or did she sell it after Nesuin, and did she yashened it first after Nesuin? So we had all the different variables in the Mishnah. The one particular halacha that we need is the Mishnah said that in the event that she yashened the Nechsa Malug after Erison, and she sold it after Erison before Nesuin. So the halacha is that Beishamai says Timkar, meaning Lekatchilo, she can go and sell it. Beishilo says Loi Timkar, Lekatchilo, you can't sell it. That being that you sold it before Suin, at that point, it will work. Again, Machlekes Beishamai Beishilo was whether Lekatchilo, you can sell it, or Lekatchilo, you cannot sell it. Says the Mishnah, that's only with regards to an ordinary Arusa. So an ordinary Arusa inherits Nachsamalog, while she's an Arusa, can she sell it or not? It's a machloikis b'shamei b'sol. Says the Mishnah, what about a shemeres yavam? So what's a shemeres yavam? Reuven and Shimon are brothers. Reuven is married. 
He dies. He has no children. Reuven's wife falls liyibum. She's a shemeres yibum. She's waiting. She's mitzape right now. Veshemen to either do yibum or to either do chalitza. During that interim period that she's a shemeres yibum, there is a bond that exists between the woman and the prospective yibum and shemen. That bond is called zika. It's a machlokes in the Gemara. Throughout Masechtas Yivamis, yesh zika or ain't zika. But from learning Masechtas Yivamis, we know that the Machlekes is not whether zika exists. That's a little bit of a misnomer, ain't zika. There is no mandama that says there is no zika. Everybody holds the zika. And everybody holds that there's even zika they write. So the shaila yesh zika, ain't zika, is like Rashi speaks down at the beginning of the second paragraph of Yivamis. Is it zika olim? How fast, how strong is zika? Or is it not so strong? What kind of halachas come about as a result of the zika? How much, to what extent do we treat zika like ishos and to what extent do we not treat it like ishos? But there's no question that there's a bond. It's for that reason that this woman's not allowed to marry anybody. It's a loisa say in the Torah. Loisia eishas ha-meisachutz alishzar. Machlikiz Rabin Shmuel if Ketuchin's even toifis be She can't even get married. Just like an eishas can't get married, she can't even get married. She is miyuchad right now. She has a, she's in an ishus relationship with a man. She can't go marry somebody else. It's not possible. She is like an eishas-ish to a certain extent. The reason yavama yavaya leho balkarcha is related to the fact that there's a zika, that there's an ishas between the two of them. Usually you can't do nisu in balkarcha, but they have some sort of issues already. You're just finishing the deal. That's why you don't have to do mimer. Usually marriage involves uh, kedushin and an asuin here. All you do is yibum and yibum does everything. How does that happen? Because you wake up in the morning already in an ishos. You have the ishehiknulemenashamayim. So that's mesachtis yavam. So we have some sort of ishos relationship between the shemeres yavam and the yavam, which would then make sense to say that the halachas of the first mission of Barak could potentially apply to a shemeres yavam. So what happens? You have a shemeres yavam. She's waiting right now for either yibum or chalitza, and while she's waiting for yibum or chalitza, she yarshins money, and now she wants to sell it. She yarshins let's say, an estate. And now she wants to go sell that property. So what is that loch? It says the Mishnah, that she's a right to either sell it, and give it away with Matana. And everything is going to be fine. Meaning, whereas in the first Mishnah, Beishamai said, or Beishol said, you're not allowed to sell it. Over here, Everyone's moida that you are allowed to sell to the kachilim. What's the difference? So poshit, the difference is, is because why does Basil say that Darus is not allowed to sell to the kachilim? Because although right now the husband has no rights to the field, because when is the husband going to get Paris next in the Lord? After Nesuin, not after Erison, but there's going to be Nesuin. And there's a Shibud for Nesuin. And being that the Nesuin is going to happen, there's already a Shibud for it. So it's for that reason, it already limits her ability to sell the field. But in Shemeres Yavam, we don't look at that way. Because Shemeres Yavam, it's not, just think very practically, statistically speaking, the chances of an Arusa coming to Nesuin are much greater than a Shemeres Yavam coming to Yivum. Because with Yivum, you have two options. You have either Yivum or Chalitza. Abishol says, Mitzvah Chalitza is Kodemis Mitzvah Yivum. So you don't necessarily have the same statistical odds that this is going to result in a yibum. Therefore, the husband is viewed at as having less rights. If he has less rights, so the Allah is, even Mesil is going to be moida, that she could go ahead and sell. Mesa, what happens if she dies while she's a shemeresi of him? So now she has all her possessions. Who yarshins her possessions? Whether her ksuba and her nechasim. So when we say ksuba in this context, we mean, number one, the ksuba. The ksuba, her... Masayim Zuz, if she was a Basula, her Mana, if she was an Amana, her Toysvis Ksuba, to the extent that anything was added. It also means her Nechsid Saim Barzal. Those are the Nechasim, her Nedunya, that her father gave her, that she herself brought into her marriage, that were included in the Ksuba, saying that 
when she gets divorced or she becomes an almana, she is going to get dollar for dollar, whatever it was, that she included in the ksuba. So ksuba would include the actual ksuba, and that's the part the husband contributes, and the chelik of the ksuba that she contributed, the next day in Basel. That's the next So what happens with all her possessions? says, The Yerushia Baal and the Yerushia of divided. That's the halacha. Hashem marries the that dies. She has all his money. What do we do with all of it? Divided. Her Yerushim and the husband or the husband's children's yarsh, or the husband's own yarshim, they're all going to come together and they're going to, they're going to divide the ksuba, they're going to divide the nechsets and barzel, they're going to divide the nechsets and the Beisil Oimrim, Beisil says, Nechasim biches kasam, not sure, Nechasim biches kasam, all the nechasim go biches kasam, meaning the, the nechsets and barzel are biches kas, the husband, therefore, his yarshim get it. Uksuba becheskas yarshim baal. Uksuba is also becheskas the husband, therefore, his yarshim get it. That she always owned the Karen, so it was always considered to be becheskasa. It says becheskas yarshim therefore, she is going to be the one that's going to get it. If you remember, Mesechtis Yavamis, Daflamit Ches. Yavamis Lamit Ches is one of the most difficult blot in Mesechtis Yavamis. And the entire daf pretty much discusses the Gemara's cash on this Mishnah. This Mishnah is a Mishnah in Mesechtis Yuvamas Taflam and Chesam and Aleph. And the Mishnah over there asks a stira in Shittas Beishamai. And the stira that the Gemara asks Shittas Beishamai is, on the one hand, Beishamai says that a Shemeris Yuvam that wants to sell her Nechsam Alug is allowed to. She could sell a Likatchilo. What does that imply? That implies that she owns her Nechsam Alug. And then the Sefer, the Mishnah says that when she dies, she has to split her Yarshim are Yachloiku the Nechsam Alok together with the Yarshea of, with the Yarshea Baal. So the question is if she owned it, and you see she owned it because she was allowed to sell it, meaning the husband had no rights in it. So if she was allowed to sell it, the husband had no rights in it, why is the Halacha then Yachloiku when she dies? And the Gemara thinks that that's a very strong stira, and again, one of the most difficult blot in Mesechtis Yuvamis, Lamedches, with regards to the rest of the story. Of this Mishnah. Either way, another halacha. Hiniach, story is not the right word. Hiniach achiv mois. Hiniach achiv mois if the brother that died, Ruvain. So again, we're dealing with a Yibum situation. So Ruvain died without children, he left over a wife. He also left over money. What's the halacha with the money? So if Shimon does Yibum, Shimon gets all the money. If Shimon does Chalitza, then he only yarshins like one of the brothers. And then the other brother did Yibum. So the halacha is the other brother, though he yarshin, his deceased brother's. Money, however, he can't just spend the money. The Allah is Yulokh Bem Karka, he has to buy karka with it. Vahu Eichel Paris, and he'll be able to eat the Paris. We treat it like Nachsimalog. What's the reason? Why do we treat it like Nachsimalog? The reason is, is because she has to get her ksuba. And her ksuba that she's going to get is going to come only from the Nechasim of the first husband. The second husband does Nechasim and not Meshubit or ksuba. It's gonna, we're going to have that in the end of the mission. We had it in the Sachs many times. So, although a Yavam has a Chiv Ksuba, but it's Al Nechse Baila Harisha, he doesn't have his own obligation. Being that it's only Al Nechse Baila Harisha, it's very important that we preserve the Nechasim of Baila Harisha to make sure that when the time comes for it to get a Ksuba, there's going to be something to collect from. So, therefore, any money that he ashes, we say we convert into Karka, Karka remains, and therefore let him eat the Paris. Obviously, it's his. There's no question he can eat the Paris. However, we want the Karka to be preserved so that one 
day when it comes time for her to collect the ksuba, she'll get the ksuba. After she collects the ksuba, then you can do whatever you want with it. But until she collects the ksuba, the aloha is that he niach achim mois, although Shimon is yarshining Ruvain, still you lochach ben karka, boichel peris. Peris atushim ben karka. Let's say he inherited peris atushim ben karka. Again, you lochach ben karka, boichel peris. Hamechubarim ben karka. Let's say. He yarshin peris that are mechuvah lekarka. Amr Amir Shaman is a kamehin yofim beperis, the kamehin yofim beloy peris, the hamoisa you lock up him karka voichal peris. So the karka part you leave. The part of this field that represents the value of the peris amechubarin, you need to convert into money. Take that money by real karka, meaning all the. Nechassim that are not karka need to be converted into karka. This person's going to own a lot of property now. He'll eat all the payers from the property, but the property will be around so that one day when she needs to collect the ksuba, and it's a deli, it doesn't matter how little her ksuba is relative to all this property. It doesn't matter. It's a halacha psuka shulchanarach. All the money needs to be in the form of karka, even if it's paying her measly ksuba. It's irrelevant. The bottom line is, she has to know that when it comes time for her to collect the ksuba, there's going to be money to collect. The chachamim say, peris ha-mechubarim b'karka shaloit. No. Any peris that are mechubar b'karka belong to him. And even atlushim b'karka, the peris that are not mechubar b'karka, kolakoy de memzacha. Meaning, kodam hu, if he made a kinyan in these peris, before she made a kinyan in these peris, zacha, he keeps it. Kodmahi, if she made a kinyan in these peris before him, then you Chum a little bit better, but the main point the Chum is saying is they don't necessarily agree with this halacha that all metaltalin we take and we convert it into karka. The halacha is a little bit more complicated. We'll see that in the Gemara. Kinsa, this is all when she's a shemer ziyavim. Well, she's waiting to do yibum. What happens after the actual yibum? Then they're already regular husband and wife, right? Remember the Gemara in Yivamis. What's the point? The point is that if he later decides to give her a get, all he has to do is give her a get. He doesn't have to do chalitza. There was a habamin in the Gemara that it could be even after yibum, when you want to divorce your wife, maybe there's still some leftover of zika, so you would have to do chalitza. No, that all you have to do is give a get, a geshmak, a gemara. Additionally, the one area where she's not is, is that although he has to give her ksuba, but his own nechasim are not meshubah to the ksuba, it's the previous husband's nechasim that are meshubah to ksuba. If you remember any other nafkuminas between a yavam and his wife after yibum versus a regular husband and wife, so I'll give you one. The Ritva, which is also Tesis and Shabbos, and that is the Chi of Sherksus Va'ina. The Tesis brings you Yishalmi, that there's no Chi of Sherksus Va'ina by a yavam and a yavama. The chi of Sherek Susfa'ina only exists by a regular husband and wife, but Yavam and Yavam, even after Yivam, do not have a regular Sherek Susfa'ina. The Ritfa said on that Gimel and Aleph, with regards to the Gemara, it says that even pre Chem Rabbeinu Gershom, you shouldn't have more than four wives. Why not more than four wives? Like this, each wife will get Oina at least once a month. So Rashi says, we're talking about a Talmud Chacham, a Sher Rashi. The Ritfa asks the obvious Kasha, what do you mean once a month? Whose Oina is once a month? Everybody's Oina is more than that. So Pasha the Rishayim say that the Chi of Oina means that the husband has to give it. But, you would think not that way. The woman has to get it, not the husband has to give it. So the Ritva says, Oh, because we're dealing with Yibom. It's the Mishnah Yavamis. It's in Arba Achim. In that, no sugis. It's Machalitz, but it's in no sugis. Oh, in that context, there's no regular Chi of Sherek's As long as you do something, a little bit of Aina, then it already is going to be enough. Tosis and Shabbos Kufi Chesem Bey said it with regards to Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi said, Chomish Be'ilas Ba'alti, Benatati Chamisha Razam Be'israel. Versus Chomish Be'ilas Ba'alti, either is a Chi of So the Gemara says, Ba'alti, the Shanisi, a second Be'er. The second Be'er, that's when he had his. Children, but 
Taisus quotes in Yerushalmi that has a different tarot. It was Yibam. Oh, being that it was Yibam, so he didn't have to do more than five bilas. Meaning, by Yibam, there's no Chiyavayna. So there's no Chiyavayna by Yibam. What's the lumness? We spoke at once for Abshim and Shkap in Shari Yosha that said that Chiyav Sherksus Vayna is not a Chiyav that the Torah imposed on a husband. But the Geder of the Chiyav Sherksus Vayna is that when you get married, you're Mechayev yourself. It works. Begeder his Chayvas. A lot of Yeshivas are buzzwords today. It works as a his Chayvas. You're Mechayev yourself. A regular man who proposes to a woman in the conventional way, he was mechayev himself, this Yavim never proposed to this woman. He had a mitzvah now to finish the deal, so he did. But it wasn't his idea. This, <laughs> this, was, this was brought to him. So he was uh, never mechayev himself. If he was never mechayev himself, therefore there's no chiv shayek Although the Mishnah says, kinso there are some gishmak and afkeminas. It's not always the case. Again, the Mishnah's exception was The man can't tell his wife that he married Here's the Yaksuba, it's on the Shulchan and let me go and take all the rest of the money and spend it. So let's say he arshin $10,000 and she has a $1,000 Yaksuba. So he says, what am I, crazy? I'm going to have these $10,000 Convert it all into land, eat the payers because I have to make a thousand dollar payment one day. Here's a thousand dollars, it's on the table. One day you'll get it. Leave me alone. I want to spend the rest of the money. You can't say, like we spoke about before. All the nechazim, no matter how much it is relative to how little the ksub is, are all achroi. This is not only true in the yibum context, this is true with every husband and wife. Man should not tell his wife. That's the way it goes. However, once he divorces her, he has to be made into character. Like this, you preserve the money so that when the day comes for it to collect the ksuba, the money is going to be there. If he gives her again, then all she gets is the ksuba. So then you take all that money, you pay that little payment, boom, now you can do whatever you want. What happens if after he gives her a get, he's machsigushasai? So, Reuven and Shimon were brothers. Reuven died without children. Reuven's wife is a Shemeris Yavim. Shimon did Yibum. Then Shimon divorced her. And now Shimon remarries her. So what's the halacha? Allah is all she gets is the original ksuba. What is my Because that's the halacha by every single husband and wife. Every single husband and wife where Reuven divorces his wife doesn't give her the ksuba yet and then remarries her. So the Allah doesn't have to give her a second ksuba. Obviously, if you pay the ksuba, and then he would remarry her, so then, of course, you have to write a new ksuba. But let's say he didn't <coughs> give her the ksuba yet. So the ksuba is still pending. It's still in the hands of the courts. You didn't pay it up yet, and then you remarried her. So Allah you don't write a new ksuba. The second marriage happens, adaita, the original ksuba. So being that it happens, which makes sense, because the whole idea of ksuba is shleite kalaben vleitzia. So if it's shleite kalaben vleitzia, let me have a ksuba, it won't be kalaben vleitzia. So you don't write a new ksuba, the same aloch is true in the yibum context, that if you remarry her, you're not going to have a new ksuba.